Hello once again, Pompey fans, and welcome to another edition of the Pompey Podcast. I am joined by Ryan Stilwell. Ryan, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. No worries. Um, want to start with a quick apology. Uh, Eric Eisner couldn't make it on while he was uh, while he was over last, but he is going to come back on the podcast before the end of the season. Um, keep an eye on our Twitter account for that. Um, but Ryan, I wanted to start with you, if possible, just chatting about Mark Catlin's Q and A and what your what your general thoughts on it were. Well, here's a man who. Um who really is into this football club. I think you can tell by some of his mannerisms that he gets a... Well, yeah, he probably gets annoyed at some of the things mm. he's asked. We've been... We've almost been a year since the, the Guildhall talk. Yeah. And what Michael's plan was. And you can tell he's starting to get irritated by constantly having to set the record straight in terms of what they're here to do, what their plan is, what they're going to invest in first... And because um, it was when he it was when he interrupted Johnny as he was about to go on to another point, yeah. so I want to roll back to the money bit quick because I want to set the record straight here. And most point fans are going, Mark, the record's been set straight, but people aren't listening. People aren't listening to what the Eisners are about. Um, yes, there may be some credence to the fact that we didn't have a great January transfer window, but I thought that Mark, you know, did a good job of explaining why that didn't exactly go in yeah. our favour. But everything off the field, yeah, it's. Things are happening behind the scenes, um, and we we just have to be patient for that. It's not even been a year; it's not even been a season, mm. and, and people are going, you know, where, where's the money? Well, Fratton Park ain't cheap to maintain. No, it certainly isn't. It is that unseen stuff. We're always told it's that unseen stuff. Um, I hope that people can grasp the olive branch of uh, Mark's comments that you will see things in summer. There are projects that you'll finally see unveiled in the summer. So I think that you know the PSA is is just hang on till summer. Mm. <laughs> if you yeah. if you could be patient for one calendar year essentially, then great. If not, then life may not be your thing. You know if you yeah, can't if you can't exactly. be patient for a year. So I I was impressed with it. You know it's normally when you do Q and As, I think with most public figures, especially in say like government or something, you 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 spend most of the time being skeptical about mm. what they're saying. Well, Mark, you kind of get it, and you see the 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 intensity he has in wanting to get things right. There was only one thing. There was only one thing in the entire twenty-minute video that I thought was a bit of a glib answer, and that was the Blackpool defeat because he he you know he sort of you know he made he was frustrated. And he said that was poor. Um, the only thing in 20 minutes he did wrong, which is kind of testament to how good he is. Mm. The only thing in that 20 minutes when he said about the Blackpool defeat, well, we've had injuries and it's a young team. And I felt, mm, bit of a glib answer. Because yeah. that was the same team that went to Fleetwood on a yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, it really was. If a, if a young 22-year-old team can do 560, 70 miles in a night and play okay, it wasn't great, but it was okay, against a relegation battling team on a poor pitch in the cold and, and and pick up not just a point but three points there's no reason to lay an egg of that magnitude at home against a relegation battling team on a poor pitch in the cold mm. you know they, they were polar opposites those two games four days apart in one week I thought that was the, literally the only thing that I thought eh I don't really agree with that. That's a bit of a glib answer. Yeah, it was a and, bit of a football cliche answer, yeah, really. Well. And I think that's because I probably had the luxury of going to Fleetwood and seeing us actually put in a spirited performance. Mm. So it was a bit of a, a bit of taste to see us lay down and die like that at home. Mm. But the other 19 minutes and 50 seconds, if you will, are brilliant stuff. Yeah. And he, he's, I feel sorry for Mark because he said this all before, pretty much. Apart from you know teasing the stuff in the summer, everything he said in that video he said before yeah but that's not his fault because some of our fans don't listen that's the problem it's the same questions coming up every month yeah. that they do this isn't it yeah um, so I, I credit Mark for his you know passion and the fact that he puts up with some of our more ignorant fan base and yeah it's, it's you, the good times are coming for the club we just have to hold on a little longer so and it goes back to like you say we're almost a year removed from from the guild hall and it it really does go back to that because I'm not being funny this is what we knew was happening anyway mm. you know michael stood there and said if you want an owner that's going to invest millions on the pitch right from the off not me. I'm not your man yeah but 
if you want someone who's going to come in and build the club up, which is exactly what we did want because we've had all the promises from before. I mean, Christ, just two weeks ago, one of our former owners was put in prison because he yeah. stole the money off his missus. I mean, yeah. you know, Michael is not the type of owner that's going to come in and just throw money at getting promotion. Um, so, yeah, it really, it really does go back to that for me. And like you say, I think Mark is getting frustrated by just the constant barrage of the same questions. I mean, you could almost copy and paste 17 minutes of that video from the previous three months that we've had mm. and it would be exactly the same answers so you do have to feel for him on that front um, would you make of the conspiracy theory that we uh, don't want to get promoted it's funny it is funny um, I think people are misinterpreting the you know the Eisner's words mm. a long term plan doesn't mean everything has to fall within that plan you can have unexpected success and failure in that mm. they didn't set out a plan saying we want to be in league one for three four years that was a an expectancy maybe a prediction mm. but not a want i you know look at the things they've done um <sighs> Eric Eisner's a billionaire who lives in California, <laughs> but he got on a plane and he went to South End away, Barry. It's a dump. It's a shit hole, let's be it's honest. It's a dump. <laughs> Wimbledon playing a non-league ground, but he had a road trip with Mark Catlin in mm. September to go to that game. That is an awful lot of effort for someone who wants us to not go up. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> So, no, is my answer. <laughs> I, I, challenge, I challenge anyone that genuinely believes that conspiracy theory to just watch, even Eric Eisner's interview, the, the seven-minute interview on, oh, the, yeah, yeah, on the, the YouTube yeah. channel, or Mark Catlin's, or, or any interview with any of them, and tell me that they're not passionate about the club and they don't want to go up. Well, the, the money that's already gone into the infrastructure this year alone, and Mark mentioned it in the QA about the stuff we didn't see, mm. the extra 300 grand, whatever it was, so obviously they're not holding back on, you know, stumping up the, the, the hidden costs in already within one year. Yeah. And the fact that they are coming to these games, um, Michael went with his wife to Charlton away in December. It's too much effort for a club that doesn't want to go up. Yeah. Of course they want to go up. Eric's not going to Southend away if he doesn't believe in the team. Because exactly. it's being in that away stand, obviously he was in what they call their director's box not much of one I'll, I'll give you that but even in the way it looked like a Soviet bomb shelter mm. you don't do that if you're not in in for everything so no it's it's just not true these conspiracy theories it is mad I, I, I must admit I've had a chuckle reading a few of them you know a few of the tweets oh, that come it's in it's amazing you know on the um, on the Portsmouth fan page on Facebook it, some of the comments you see it just makes you rip your hair out it really does yeah it really does and you know for we're lucky to have owners in my opinion we're lucky to have owners that do back you know the transparency and having Mark do these monthly Q&A's and you know Eric doing the every time he's over he's been on the YouTube channel I mean Christ he's been on the podcast for Christ's sake and exactly we're not going to get you wouldn't get owners that would be this open so I don't understand what all the criticism's about I it's that lack of patience it's that it's that intense desire to go back up. And I get it. Oh, of course. You I'm mean. going to every single game this season. I'd love to see us win a couple more. Because trust me, I've been at some games where I've thought, what mm. is that? But that's not the way it goes in football. Back-to-back promotions, people remember them because they're rare. Yeah. And normally your team is bankrolled. Bournemouth, bankrolled. Southampton, bankrolled. You know... We Wigan, have to say it, Wigan. Yeah, yeah, Wigan. All these teams were bankrolled. Didn't want to have to reference Southampton for a back-to-back promotion, but they were. Look at the yeah. money they had. Yeah, they had huge amounts of money. But what are they doing with it now? Stagnating. Exactly. And people may say, "Well, Southampton invested in their squad." Yeah, but they had infrastructure around it. They got one of the best training grounds in the country. Academies. They got stadium. We don't have any of that. No. We train in Hilsey, <laughs> and our stadium's crumbling. We have. Every team that back-to-back promotes recently has had the infrastructure around their club immediately to go. Yeah, Wigan's D, you know, DW25, Bournemouth. Fair enough, Dean Court's a bit small, but they weren't limited in terms of the fact that Dean Court's falling down. It's just restricted by the land around it. Yeah, but Bournemouth has a good academy and training. So a lot of good young players have come out of that area, mm. but they are also hugely bankrolled. And the fact is, they're not making a profit. Bournemouth, they are hemorrhaging money. 
one day if they only get cold, if they only gets cold feet, they're in trouble. Mm. We are trying to become a a model where we can take our foot off the gas in terms of money going into the club, but we can actually break even or make profit. That's how you survive in the long run. As football gets more and more inflated, you start to see Hartlepool, Hartlepool. Yeah. They're not even bankrupt, but look at them. They're nearly going under. Mm. Dagenham and Redbridge as well come out last week. They exactly, Dagenham. Well, we, we have to do this properly, and I think we are. So fans need to stay off that intense desire to be back in the Premier League by 2020. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at where we've been and how recently we've been there, I am all for... I, I, I don't care if we're in League One for another couple of seasons if it means that we are <coughs> financially secure and have a better infrastructure because at the end of the day, it's the only way we're going to survive in the Championship or if we get to the Premier League. It's the only way we'll survive is if we have that infrastructure. Yeah. It really is. You can't... You cannot maintain a Premier League status or even a Championship status with Fratton Park the way it is. And I'll... I dread to think what would have happened if we were still under fan ownership and we were uncovering the amount of work that Frank Park hmm. still needs doing that we didn't know about. Yeah. If you look at the bit, the main offender this year is a club I'm beginning to detest is Wolves. Hmm. The money they are putting into that promotion to go up from the Championship, they what, 30 million quid on that Spanish striker? Yeah. That's not sustainable. No, of course it isn't. And they, they rebuilt one of their stands for another few thousand they want to add a corner to it and then rebuild uh, along the side that's not sustainable no long you know 10 20 years you'll see these clubs plummeting because they're only get cold feet yeah the or, money... or they can't keep pumping it in anymore yeah. then you see a club fall off a cliff our plan is to be the club that exploits all of that by being the one that stays above the water that's fine by me because football's heading to that. Of course it is. You know, you, it, it's almost a weekly occurrence now that we hear about financial problems at one club or another, especially clubs that have been League One or Championship level and then, you know, slip down the leagues into the into the National League and then they start going bust. And it's it is going to happen more and more often. Yeah, and it, it, it's a sad truth, but it will. And if we can make a sustainable model that means we are not going to be one of those clubs again. I'm all for it. I don't care what division we're in. As long as I've got a Pompey to support and they're competitive, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, we, we you and I both said at the start of the season we take mid table. Um, granted, would have quite liked it to be <laughs> been a bit of a different method. Yeah, we're of taking mid table tortured route to mid table. Yeah. 2018 has been yeah. absolutely so the only, horrendous. The only conspiracy theory I believe in at the moment is that Pompey are trying to do this in a sensible fashion. The bastards. <laughs> Arseholes. Yeah, yeah. Why would you be sensible? <laughs> yeah. Just chuck some money You'll never it. get anywhere being <laughs> sensible. So, yeah, it's a resounding no. The, yeah, just no. What's been down to our form this year? I'm, I'm, by year, I mean 2018, of course. What, what, in your, you've been to every game, and I, I haven't had you know that, that, that luxury. I've been to, well, I say luxury, it's been a, bit of a burden at times but yeah. I, I, I'm only, I only get the opportunity to go to Frank Park um, because of my work commitments what, what's been the cause for this horrific run of form of two wins in 2018 um, I don't think there's a singular cause mm. I think it's um, sort of you know a combination of things um, amalgamation that's what I was looking for um, it's a big word, right? It is, it is. I knew my degree would come in handy one day. This, this is a Portsmouth yeah. podcast, you're aware. <laughs> it's your thing. Uh, <laughs> it's your thing. It's your thing. Um, well, number one is we don't have a leader. When we concede, we we look at each other, we throw our arms up, and we, we, we moan a bit. We don't have anyone who, who brings the players in and get your heads together. Get, you know. Number two is uh, preparation. And slash by preparation, I mean what we do before a game, how we g ourselves up for a game, and then tied into that is also how you stay organized and focused during a game, mm. how you prepare for a full 90 minutes, not 18, not 70. Because if you look from New Year, we conceded in the last 10 minutes against. Um, Bristol Rovers in fact we conceded twice in the last 10 minutes against Bristol yep. Rovers uh, we went from being 1-0 up to losing that game so that was already a poor start um, we then at home to Scunthorpe 
we did all right, but there was that one huge error from Matt Clark, and I feel like a unicorn dies every time I say Matt Clark made an error. But you can't <laughs> let the ball roll across six yard box like that. That's what I mean by focusing for a full ninety minutes. We always have that one howler in us, and one howler leads to yeah, we do too much that. Then we had Rotherham away. We conceded in the last minute, you know, not even ten minutes. We conceded in yep. stoppage time against Rotherham. Then against Shrewsbury, we conceded in the first 10 minutes. Then against Rotherham, we conceded in the first 10 minutes. Then against MK Dons, we conceded in the first 15 minutes. Then against Blackburn, we conceded in the first 10 and the last 10 minutes. Then against Southend, we conceded twice in 12 minutes. You're quite right. It's that concentration. we, We are not... We're playing... 60, 70 minutes of football. Not playing 90. Against Scunthorpe, we played 89. We made one mistake and we got a draw out of it. Mm. Against Southend, <laughs> it's all well and good playing well second half for half an hour. But if you're 2-0 down again, what, we've been 2-0 down away from home way too much this season. Mm. You give yourselves a mountain decline. It's all well and good playing well 2-0 down. What's the point in that? Then when you start missing chances, you think it won't come. Yeah, and once again, Southend didn't come. Blackburn was actually one of our best performances in in a long time. It was, it wasn't great football, but it was spirited. It was dogged. We, yeah. ma- we matched in terms of physicality and fitness for most of the game. A championship team. Yeah, because you know you look at it, like Niambe, Williams, Mulgrew, Dak. Oh, leave, there's no question. They're they're not one players. Yeah, but it's those errors we make, and it's that ninety minutes of focus that we haven't got. Because the amount of goals we concede, first 10, last 10, is atrocious. Mm. And I don't know who's responsible for that. I don't know if it's because we don't have a leader. I don't know if it's because Kenny can't motivate the guys. I don't know if it's because we're not fit enough to get through a full 90. But the amount of goals we concede, start and finish, it's, it's too much. Mm. And then when we go through these games where we don't, we manage to not do that either side, we make huge mistakes. The goals where we haven't conceded uh, in the first 10 and last 10... There are mistakes. You look at yeah. um, the one against Scunthorpe. I mentioned big error from Clark. Let it roll across the box. Both goals against Blackpool. What are we doing there? You can't leave a guy unmarked, unmarked to the post six yards out. Mm. Same with Doncaster. Two mistakes for me. Doncaster, yeah. And we're not that far away from being a complete team. We're not. No, I don't think we are. But these mistakes are are the reason 2018 has not been good. You know, you look at um, 2017, away from home we had a couple of games where we couldn't stop conceding early doors. Mm. But for the most part, we we weren't conceding early and we weren't conceding late. We were just conceding at random spots of the game due to big errors. Yeah. You know, we need... It was 2017, it was defensive howlers that was letting in, costing us goals. 2018, it's now conceding early and late and defensive howlers. Mm. We've gone from having one problem to sort out to three. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing all of a sudden, but it is, and it's. Of course, the fans frustrated, and, and of course that you do need the asterisks of saying, but we're still top half. Mm. Yeah, we're having a we're having a great season by all expectations, including mine, which was I'll take a boring mid table. Yeah. Turns out it's not as boring as I'd liked, but it is still mid table. I think it we'll is. still finish there. But of course, the fans are good. I don't think it's irrationally frustrated that you would go to South End away and you'd be 2-0 down after 12 minutes and nearly 3-0 down. I don't see that as irrational. I don't see it as irrational to hate the performance we put in against Blackpool. I think these are. I don't think it's rational that you can concede four minutes in against Doncaster. This is a problem. Mm. It, we're just fortunate that we had a run good enough to get us to the top half. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at the bigger picture, we are exactly where we thought we would be if we're being honest come the end of the season probably for me probably a little bit higher still at the moment um, so looking at the bigger picture yeah it's fine we're exactly where we need to be but it's just this form that's really quite concerning because every time we put in a good performance like Fleetwood we just seem to mm. stutter again and have a, have a real big problem I think you've hit the nail on the head personally with, with the leader I think you're missing that Michael Doyle type character oh yeah who who will call out players for mistakes and we'll bring them together and yeah. think right okay let's actually have it. I don't think Michael Doyle was the answer. I don't think keeping him no. because I don't think he's he's up to League One football. But and I know players like that don't grow on trees. But 
is the sort of player that team needs to just bring it together and cut out those silly mistakes in the first turn and last turn. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a vocal leader. It can be someone whose actions reassure you or someone whose actions g you up. If we had a t- if we kept you know a tough tackler like the Nganzi, you could put a crunching challenge in a big spot and rile up the fans and get the players going. Oh, that was you know that's, that's a bit more of that. And, you know that's good. Or a Danny Rose who looks so assured on the ball, losing him's obviously been a big difference big as well. Difference. Yeah, because he looks so confident on the ball and so calm. You know he he played with such a a composure that you just think Danny's going to find a pass here, or mm. Danny's just going to find that that way out of a little sort of uh, you know traffic ridden spot in midfield and just bring it out and cool things down yeah. you need that kind of lead by example and I don't think we've got that there is an argument a fair argument that we have a young team and they're more uh, prone to mistakes because of their inexperience yeah mm. I do I, I do and I don't buy that mm. because the guys making mistakes now I, I'm not sure that entirely applies because you look at South End away, um, one of the goals you've got to put it on Burgess. You yeah. look at Blackboard Home, one of the goals definitely on Burgess. This is a guy who's played 100 games for the club. You can't, after 100 games for the club, then start saying, yeah, but he's young. No, He was not. young for the other 100 games, but he was still not doing that. Not on a weekly yeah. basis anymore. Even Clark's made a few mistakes recently, you know, costing us goals. He's played, what, I think he reached 100 recently? Reached 100 recently, yeah. We weren't saying that the previous hundred before, you know. It, some of the guys like Adam May, maybe Houndstrup or Close, maybe you get away with saying that their inexperience of youth is causing problems. But once you start racking up a hundred games for a club, you'd think over two, three seasons you would learn. You know, you wouldn't start making those mistakes on a weekly basis. Yeah, I and think they are happening weekly now. I think it's. It's relative, isn't it? Yes, you can say we've got a young team physically, but when you look at the actual experience, you're quite right. Mm. You've got two centre-backs that have accumulated over 200 games between them. Um, and, yeah, you're quite right. The likes of Adam May and Ben Close have both been National League recently, so you could you know, give them a bit of slack. But I think you're quite mm. right. It's more experience than age that I'm looking at. And you, and they shouldn't... And even Thompson's played either over a decade for uh, Swindon. Mm. Essentially, his fault for the goal at Donny. Four minutes yeah. in, gives the ball away edge of the box. You know, some of our team is young, but the mistakes have been caused by some of the more experienced players, which is why I don't really buy the whole youth is the reason we're making mistakes. I no, I think we don't have a leader. I don't think we have that togetherness. Mm. But you know, we're all right when we're winning. We seem confident when we're winning, but when you need it, something in a big spot, I don't think we've got that. The only time I've seen our team respond in a big spot this season. It's probably Blackpool away and Blackburn at home. Mm. Blackpool away, we nabbed an ugly win. And Blackburn at home, we made one more mistake than they did. Yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, I think it's that leadership, it's that preparation. I don't think, it doesn't seem like Kenny's the most motivational guy. For all, for all his, you know, his good traits, I don't think he motivates the team that well. No, and he's certainly, you know, there's certainly no passion, if you like, on the sidelines. He doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, we're used to seeing Cookie, obviously, last season, dancing up and down the touchline and trying to headbutt the opposition manager. Yeah, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Very much so, very much so. Um, and I think that does I think that does make a difference when it comes to motivating the team, very much so. And it, it, getting your team out of those tricky spots that you're talking about. Um, but I think the fans, you know, the fans can get you out of a tight spot as well. And like you say, if you've got a player like Linganzi that's sent, getting in a crunching tackle, that's all it takes to get Fratton Park up for Oh, yeah. We um, love a good tackle. Love a good tackle, and to be honest, I think personally, the fans want us a point against Donny at home. You know, when we went down yeah. to nine men, that adversity it, it lifts you. Mm. But when you've got a midfield that can't win a fifty-fifty, it's a problem. It you know yeah because main closer to small very guys that are quite weak again youth. So you might give him a pass on that, but we haven't got anyone there in there who who. Put that challenge in and gives you that in assurance that you can win the ball in the middle of the park. Yeah. So, yeah, there there are certainly a, a, a list of things as to why twenty eighteen is not going well, and they seem to have just all bitten us on the ass at the same time. Do you think we can pick it up and improve over the next few weeks? Do you think Do you think there is a possibility that we will? Because the signs aren't great, if we're being honest. 
I I think we limp to the end of the season. We hobble. We crawl. Um, I don't think Bradford's going to happen Saturday due to the inclement weather. So that's going to no. be a Tuesday night trip. Um, I, I don't see how we... Bradford, on ter- Bradford are on terrible form. But I don't see how we go up there and put anything in. Because it's still a weird place to go, Bradford. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it can be intimidating, like our own place. You know, going to Fleetwood isn't intimidating. It's just a long way. Yeah. Bradford's a long way and it can get on top of you especially if they play well at home because you've got those two stands that almost hang over the pitch with a young squad yeah they can get in their head so Bradford will be tough we've got teams coming down there that are chasing something you know you've got Wigan coming down here we have to go to Plymouth we've got Oxford in there now Oxford aren't really lighting up you know pulling up any trees in the division but it's Oxford we have it's such a, a bipolar history against oh, Oxford we do yeah, we do. for every you know for every tight win we have against Oxford, we've also been beating the fuck up against Oxford. For, you know, four one home a few years back, three 0 in August. Yeah, we have some opponents coming up who are still fighting Peter at the end of the season. Now they got Steve Evans in, they they'll probably make a late charge. Yeah, you've got yeah. Gillingham who are on our coattails. In fact, they might be above us. I'm not sure, but they were definitely around us. Yeah, I think they're still just behind us at the moment. But yeah, so we've got a lot of teams coming our way who are fighting something just like we are. And they're not going to be pushovers. We need to toughen up, and I don't really see us toughing, you know, toughening up. Which is fine because I still think we'll finish mid-table, which is fine. I would just like to have done it with a bit of a better momentum going into the off-season, and then you know, jacket really getting the team and he wants for next season. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't really see us improving performance-wise. I think we'll probably get to about. 60 points uh, maybe a shade over 60 but overall as a season that will be great for me and that's bang on what I wanted and thought I just think we're doing it in a very painful way yeah we're doing it in the least entertaining and <laughs> most frustrating way possible um, but yeah I think you're quite right if we if we do finish where we all hoped we would finish anyway I haven't got a problem with that I haven't got a problem with that I would look, I would look back on this season and think yeah do you know what that's exactly what I wanted. We're absolutely fine. Do you understand? Because there's, there's quite a vocal part of our, our fan base, and it's getting more and more vocal. Um, that's calling for Kenny's head. Do you no. do you understand them, no. or do you just like me completely dismiss them? What I do understand is that our football is a different beast from what it was last year. Yeah. Last year, we were all about intricate passing, trying to exploit holes in the defence, being very probing with it, and then unleashing. It was very sort of methodical trying to get through a team. Then once you saw a gap, you'd see Evans Olo bursting through, you'd see Bennett bursting through, you'd see Naismith and Stevens bursting through. And that's fun to watch. Jackets football is not fun to watch. I understand that... Yeah, I understand that the football's not great to watch. But is that, just to interrupt him for a minute, is that because of A, the team we've got, and they can't really play... I mean, I can't imagine Adam May and Ben Close playing that sort of football, to be completely honest. Um, and the opposition we're up against, because there's a lot, there's much better teams in League One than there are in League Two. I agree with both. I don't think that our midfield's capable of playing another team off the park like we did in League Two. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely take that point. Um, as a reason why um, but I don't think we try if you look at how static we are at times it really is well staggering I mean there was one point I think we're half an hour into Milton Keynes 1-0 down Ronan's on the corner of the ed- uh, penalty box he cuts in once nothing's there so he cuts outside nothing's there and then he cuts in he cuts out he cuts in he cuts out for a third time no one's made a move through six cuts. No one. So he just sort of acquiescently lays it off to Donahue, just puts it in the box, see if anyone gets their head on it. That lack of movement, yes, we're in a better division, yes, we have a weaker midfield uh, in comparison to our opponents that we did last year, but we're not trying hard enough to break a team down, I don't feel. No one's making gut-busting runs to, to make a move now for a pass. 
no one's making those runs. We are very static. We stick to our one plan, and if that doesn't work, we just sort of go, yeah, put it in the box. And that's where the problem comes in. We're probably capable of more. I think we are limited by what you said. We don't have a great midfield, but we are capable of more. We could at least put the effort in to make a run uh, and support each other. But we are so flat and static, which is why so much of the time you see it just laid off to Donoghue. It's a good thing Donoghue's got a good left foot. Yeah. Because otherwise we we probably wouldn't get any goals right now. No. And it's a good <laughs> thing, a lot of goals it's a good thing we've put low side. back on the right. Low back on the right where it belongs. We're getting chances from those two with you know Donoghue's great balls in and Lowe just beating his man to the byline. Those are our two moves right now, which is weird for a football team. You've only really got two ways of scoring a goal. But we are that flat, so... I understand why fans are annoyed with Jack in the sense that our football is so bad to watch and that uh, Jacket's responses seem very blasé and yeah. repetitive. For for all of Cookie's faults, he was at least varied and blindingly up front with his comments. Very honest. Yeah. Very with honest. Jacket's sort of, ah, defensive frailties, ah, we've got to tighten this up. Uh, we have to be a bit better in attack. Yeah. And I think when you get humped off Blackpool, uh, or you've gone up to Blackburn and it's absolutely heaving it down with rain and you've been outclassed, you know, sometimes it is just a better thing to say we were outclassed by a better team yeah. rather than just come out with eh, defensive frailties and we can sort that out. Uh, I thought Jacket could have been a bit more honest that day and just gone, Blackburn are too good. Mm. Um, so I think Jacket's sort of very blasé responses sometimes to defeats and his football are why fans get annoyed mm. so I can understand their annoyance with Jacket saying for him to get out though no. no the guy needs at least a season and a half two seasons is what I would give a manager I'd always give a manager two seasons unless yeah. we're in a relegation fight which we're not um, two seasons so he can come in deal with the existing squad and spend two seasons getting his team together and provided you don't have a laundry list of injuries in your second season or there's off the field problems, that's your season to prove yourself because that's then your squad. Um, so I can understand why fans don't th- particularly enjoy Jacket's style. Calling for his head is, a, yeah, woeful. Because at the end of the day, you look at his track record, and yes, I know there's the argument that it doesn't mean anything as such, but. It does, you know. He's he's used to getting clubs of this sort of size back into the championship, um, so I do think we need to give him a chance. And it, it's difficult going from Cookie to Jacket because of the demeanour. It really is. And then obviously you've, you're looking at Paul Cook now uh, taking Wigan to beating Man City and the heights that they're at. It's it's like watching an ex girlfriend, you know, with an absolute tank of a bloke that's got a seventeen inch penis. It's yeah. really difficult yeah, to take. Of course it is, but it, I can't. I genuinely cannot, for the life of me, understand why you would want Jacket to go at this stage of the no, season. It, it makes no sense. Um, he already had a contract extension this season, so even if it did make sense for him to go in the sense that he's not doing right by the team. He's got a contract extension, so we'd have to do the payoff, and yeah, yeah. it all gets ugly. But no, Jacket can't go. It, he's he's had to deal with a fair amount in terms of on the field this season. The amount of injuries, um, the amount of reinforcements we've had to get for those injuries, which then taken up budget. Like you take Tarek Holmes, Dennis. Tarek Holmes, Dennis was going to be our unquestioned number one left back, yeah. and probably our end of Stevens for the season. Now you think of a guy like Stevens, how you know pivotal he was for us. Holmes, Dennis is probably going to be that guy for us in League One. Yeah, twenty minutes of the season it lasted, and then he's out for the season. Now that's already a large chunk of budget because this was a guy who played in the Championship playoffs. Yeah, so that's a large chunk of budget, and we probably paid more in his loan to get the option to buy. Because from what I understand, he's not the one player who is an option to buy. From what I understand, that's O'Keefe. I, I thought that was Ronan. It might, oh, actually, it might be Ronan, yeah. But I understand that Holmes Dennis is option to buy. Normally, when you're option to buy, you have to pay a little bit more for yeah. that luxury. So we've lost a championship calibre left back yeah. with an option to buy 20 minutes in the season. So that's part of the budget. We've got two replacements for him since then, which means for the price of one, you know, for one, 
sorry for the three players. Oh, yeah. You know, because we had to get um, Donahue in, which we've bought from uh, Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Yeah. yeah, and then we've bought in Sylvanders Landers. So you know, we thought we had one player. Now we've got three for one position. Mm. That's the problems we've had this year, and then. Same thing has happened at right back. You know, we've had to let guy go, brought guy in. Yeah, we've had and Jesus Christ, how many midfielders have rolled through the ranks so far this year? Oh, cross! We've had May playing, close playing. Carl Baker played a bit. Um, Ronan's played in there. O'Keefe's played in there. Evans has played in there. You know, we we have our problems with staying fit. At one point, who the hell's going to play on Saturday? If we play, because apparently Hawkins is injured, apparently Evans is well, Evans is injured, Pittman's injured, um, uh, apparently Donahue didn't train earlier this week. Don't know why, might be injured. Uh, who else got injured? Uh, Kennedy was uh, limping around at Blackpool. Apparently, he's not doing too great. He was playing up at Bradford anyway. I really hope it gets called off because at the minute we've got, we got a team. So, of course, Kenny's had to deal with some massive problems that mm. no, he still wants the playoffs, which I think. You know, come back to reality a bit, Ken. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But he's had to deal with a lot of problems. And that, you know, left back has taken up three players worth budget. That doesn't help. But he's had no other choice. Okay. So you've got to back him. You've got to back him. You've got to give him that season and a half, two seasons. You've just got to stick with him. Yeah, just So just he's not the most glamorous guy in the world in terms of style. But to not back him at this point is, is awful. And it... it, it you know, points another flag in our direction of are we a great fan base? Eh, there are some things that would suggest not. Yeah. And I think this is one of them. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And if he gets the job done next season, then. Yeah. And let's face no one's it. Gonna care. I, I can't blame Ken, I can't blame Kenny for Saturday. No. That is on the players. You cannot lie down like that and give that little effort. You There's only it. so much you can yeah. do as a man. You put that effort on Tuesday up at Fleetwood. It's all well and good winning in front of 470 fans. Good for me. I went. Mm. It's not good enough for the 17,000 home. That's not Kenny's fault. That's the player's fault. Mm. you got to put that work in. It's the same as Arsenal, isn't it? Uh, on, in the cup final. Oh, that was you can't blame Arsenal for that was putting 11 players out who, let's be honest, yeah. should have been able to perform. All right. No yeah. one was really expecting them to beat City, but... No, but you walking on the pitch. And is, the thing is, is, a lot of people are going, well, it's Ar- Arson puts players out there, and Arson's got to motivate the players. Uh, you, no, if you're if you're a footballer and you can't get hyped up for a cup final in a ninety thousand seat stadium, and you need your man, if if the only way you get motivated for a cup final at Wembley is by your manager, you don't belong in football. Because mm. if you don't understand the the gravitas of that game, you don't belong in the game. That's on the players. That is on the players. If you need a you know, 65, 70-year-old man to motivate you for that type of game, mm. nah. No, I completely agree. All right, yeah, Bournemouth away on a Tuesday night. or Fair enough. Stoke Not- on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you need a bit of motivation. It's difficult. Yeah. But, but a cup final, cup final. get out of it. Uh, so the players have to take onus for Saturday. Yeah. At one point, you have to back up your manager. And they didn't do it Saturday. So I now feel like an exclu- exclusive crowd saying, hey, I, I saw a Pompey win. Yeah. I saw Pompey put the effort in. Yeah, I saw Pompey put the effort in because they, they didn't do it Saturday. So, yeah, I I, I back Kennedy. I back Kennedy. Kennedy. I back Kenny for at least another season yet. Yeah, at least, definitely. definitely. So, well, the the question I wanted to end on, Ryan, was um, quite a difficult one, and I'm going to take this as injury free. So, because obviously I know it's difficult at the moment, but injury free, what is our best eleven? Because I'm sure as hell struggle. <laughs> Alright, well I think the back four pretty much sorts itself out. Yeah. And you've got McGee, um, you would have Thompson, Clark Burgess, and Holmes Dennis. Yeah. Um your midfield would have to be low right. Um yep. this is where things get interesting. Injury free, Rose has got to go in there. Rose is the only Rose is the only nail on in there. Yeah. Um his partner would probably have to be close. Maybe O'Keefe. We didn't really get to see much of Rose and O'Keefe together. No. Um, be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, I'd probably go Rose and O'Keefe because I want to see how that would work. And O'Keefe at least won a 50-50 every now and then. Uh, left side, Jesus. 
<laughs> the I thing don't is, think he's available. Right now, Donahue's putting a claim up there. Yeah. Because he's got great overlapping, he's got a great ball in the box. He would, Right now, he'd do all right shifters. Yeah, if and he works hard in defence, so he'd supplement his left back. Yeah, if, if, if you've got Holmes Dennis at left back, then I'd, yeah. you'd But then again, that would mean dropping Kennedy, who actually, right recently, that. Yeah. Certainly. Kennedy, Kennedy in a. a yeah, Kennedy in his purple pouch is brilliant, but recently he's sort of faded. Naismith, he's also had a purple pouch this season, but he's also faded. But then again, he hadn't played a lot recently. So you've got a choice of three. Based on the three, I would say, in the last two or three months, I would actually put Donahue left mid. Yeah, I agree he's not, not even played left mid this season. But you, I want to go out there and put a ball in the box and get round around. And it's like you said, you know, at the moment, our only two avenues to go are... Low getting to the bar line or Donahue whipping a ball in. So. Yeah, but then again, if I say based on recent performance, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I put Holmes Dennis at left back. Yeah, of course, but we're, that's what I mean. Yeah. Injury so, free is very difficult otherwise. Yeah. I, I would actually, yeah, I'll, I'll put Donahue left up front. Oh, God. See, this is where it gets really tricky for me. Uh, right, you, do you trust Pittman or not? That's the problem. <laughs> for me, I think you do. For me, you do. Because I can't take him out because you're talking injury free, which means you're talking peak ability. Yeah, and he's peak still our top scorer. And Pittman would score every game at peak efficiency, and he did for half a season almost. Exactly. That's so why Pittman's for me, he's got to be in there. He's got to be in there. But partner, then who do you put with him? Because him and Hawkins just, for me, don't work together. No. Because all we do is who for the Hawkins, which sucks because Hawkins actually got good feet. Yeah, he had a stinker against Blackpool, but so did everyone. It's crouch all over again, isn't it? You love the ball forward well, he, to a bloke who's better than his He had two amazing anyway. volleys at Fleetwood that mm. nearly went in. He chests him down, flicks up and volleys him. He's actually got good feet on him, but we don't let him play football when we have him on the pitch. We just hoof it to him. We just rely on his head. We've just always played seven yeah. for a few games You need year. a guy with tenacity who can run around Pittman, who's got a good first touch, who won't get beaten off the ball, who won't dive all the time. And the only guy I can think of who would do all of that is Naismith. Stick him in behind Pittman because Chaplin will dive all the time and he'll get sucked into 50 50s, get blown off the ball. Yeah. Or he's got a poor first touch. Evidenced by Blackpool, evidenced by when he came on at MK and played against Fleetwood. Not a great first touch on the guy. I still, I will still wave the flag for Naismith. I still think he's got something to offer. I don't think he'll be at the club in the summer, but I still think he's got something to offer. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose what Chaplin offers you can get from Pittman in, in the end of yeah. the because. It, if the ball's going to fall to someone in the box, you'd probably want it to be Chaplin, but then if yeah. you've got Pittman in the team, then he, fills that, he ticks that box anyway. Naismith's a rare two-footed player. You can cut inside and outside. Playing mm. on the left flank, you can only cut one way because mm. you've got a sideline on the other side of you. Uh, if you give Naismith that freedom to roam in the middle around his guy, I think you get the best out of him. Yeah, I agree. And I think for me, Chaplin anyway is a player that is better the last 25-20 minutes if he's fresh against a centre-back that's played the whole game because he's oh, quick yeah, he will just and he will score goals yeah. he will score goals and I think he's I think he's a better super sub I know he hates the term but I think he is it, yeah I think he definitely needs to toughen up to the last in this league but then again he's not alone in that group in our team no, no so not. many of our players are too weak for League One mm. you know so that will be my 11 um, I hate myself for it but that's the way the season's gone because we've had so many guys come in and out for this and that and you, and we've had so many bipolar turns in form that you can't really tell who our best no, team is because really every player has had a great game and every player's had an awful game mm. every player's had a good run and a bad run even McGee's had a bad run yeah sort of December period yeah um, late December early January period which is probably why Henderson was brought in in the first yeah. place but he's also had an incredible run and his incredible run happens to be every other game of the season I, I can't really believe we immediately put Hendo at one because McGee's played too well mm. um, I felt he unfairly done there um, but yeah every every player has had an, an awful game and an awful run of form but they've also had a great game and a great yeah. even you know you take Pittman um, that stalwart performance with a broken nose against Fleetwood yeah but he also played against Bristol Rovers New Year's Day and couldn't stop hoofing it into the sky yeah and he's had a great run of form basically August through November mm. and he's all, he's had an awful run of form which is November through now yeah every player's gone through it 
So it's really hard to name a, a best eleven, but that's my best attempt at it. I, to be honest, I don't even think there's any changes I'd make. The only the only change I'd make is if you're going to include Pittman on the basis we're going peak efficiency and peak um, fitness. I'd probably put Kennedy in there just because I think there were a couple of performances, certainly November time-ish, yeah. that he did carry us to three points. So oh, yeah, Kennedy. That's probably the only yeah. change I would make if I I'll was see to that. make any. I do see that. My only worry about Kennedy, he has one move. Yeah, he does. He's very good at his one move. Oh, he's brilliant at which that Which is 15 yards sprint down the sideline, fake step over, five yards more. Then cut inside at the corner of the box on a forty-five degree angle and whip it back post. It's a very good move. It's got us a fair amount of goals yeah. or chances that have led to goals. But when when a defence wises up to it, you suss him out. You don't. You suss him out. Yeah, and that's why he's faded in the last few games because the defender will allow him down the line, and when he cuts inside, he'll just get intercepted on that cut. So I, Kennedy peak efficiency. If defence can't sort him out, yeah. Yeah, like that. Uh, the every time I think of Kennedy, I think of that goal against Southend. Yeah. That wonderful ball that Pittman just guides into the corner. Yeah. Jesus, that was good. But you can tell what he's going to do if he can develop another move. He'd be brilliant. Mm. But right now, his saviour is an over overlapping left back because obviously he can cut inside or play it out. Mm. But you can't. You really are playing. You know a risky game if you have to have your left back overlapping every single time you're on the ball that that's a large proportion of send everyone forward yeah so yeah I, I see your point about putting Kennedy in there and it does make sense but that that worries me mm. if he can develop just something else yeah yeah, yeah I get that well I'm I'm going to completely be a hypocrite and go back on myself and actually ask one more question <laughs> despite the fact that was uh, as the last question of our loan players yep. assuming Ronan is the one that we haven't got an option to buy do you buy any of them? Is there any of them that you think actually yeah I would oh, like you for another season geez. or do you start fresh get rid of all of them and look again in the summer for new new loan players? I buy Hendo yeah but I give I actually give him time to train. Uh if Kenny, if you're listening, don't make a guy number one who hasn't put on a training shirt yet. <laughs> or he's only played twelve games in two years. Yeah. McGee played forty games last year. <laughs> and, and he got benched for a guy who's played twelve in two. The guy didn't even put on a Pompey shirt before he got announced as number one. So I give him the summer to work on an extensive fitness slash yeah. muscle program because you could tell he was so stiff against Doncaster yeah. and kicking the ball ended up screwing him yeah. you're not Rob Green lad sort yourself out yeah. and we do need another keeper we you do. can't rely and Hendo on Hendo is a guy who is commanding in the box yeah so for what McGee doesn't have he has and what he doesn't have McGee has yeah. they could help each other very much so so I would buy Hendo just Kenny don't make him number one yet <laughs> give him time uh, exactly um <laughs> Holmes Dennis I would buy if I knew what he was going to be like next season That's don't know how much his knee injury has done him that is a problem because you're thinking like um, for those who follow American football you've got players who make it all the way back from torn ACLs and you've got guys who never get near it again I don't know what Holmes Dennis is like yeah. what I would want my ideal scenario is we said at Huddersfield we've got that option to buy can we sort of give him a summer trial Let's test him through pre-season. Mm. And then before the first game of the season, because obviously that's where the transfer window is now, the deadline before the first game of the season, mm. you give him pre-season at Pompey and we get to see him in friendlies, which means I want to put him up against similar opposition. Let's yeah. not, you know, good we might have a tour in Ireland, but let's not have him playing, you know, um, Protestant United or whatever. Mm. Um <laughs> Protestant United <laughs> bit of an Irish joke there but uh, <laughs> Catholic City yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know give him give him someone good to test him against if he looks okay then yeah take him on mm. fair um, then so who have you got you've got O'Keefe, O'Keefe. O'Keefe. You've got Kennedy I would get O'Keefe because we need depth in central midfield but has he played enough no <laughs> you look at him this year how many games has he actually played? 10, 15. 
I don't Maybe. I don't think there's enough there for the thing is the only reason I can say by O'Keefe is because the other players we have in central midfield I don't think O'Keefe gets there on his own merit I think I buy O'Keefe because his other options are close and may and I, I think when you're saying buy a guy because our other options are less stellar I think that's when you're struggling yeah I, for me O'Keefe hasn't done enough to justify a transfer fee and I think that come the summer there will be better free options available than well I'm hoping obviously I don't know but I think you would be able to get someone better on a free than you would to buy him anyway and to be honest I think you wait 12 months he's probably going to be available on a free anyway yeah um, so I have, I have to believe that Kenny's going to go big after central midfield this off season um, and if he does, no to O'Keefe. But if he doesn't, then shit, we need him. Yeah, we we do need depth in that position. Yeah. It very much depends on who you bring in. But I I do think we should look at other options. Oh, and uh, first. no to Sylvan Deslandes. Yeah, he's there's no point. He's not done anything. He barely played. I think he started against Rotherham. That was it. Yeah, there's no point. Kennedy. Ugh. Again, he's been so hit and miss. It's a, diff- it's a really difficult one. Yeah. Again, I think we have to because I don't see Naismith staying at the club. So yeah. that, that leaves us. If if Kennedy goes... Um, well, if Naismith goes and obviously Kennedy's loan contract runs out, we actually don't have a left midfielder. No. We, can ha- we have people who can play there, but we don't have one. Yeah, you don't have an allocated... No. Uh, so, yes, because when he's, when he's on, he's on. And quite frankly, I don't think Naismith's going to be here. So we need to start somewhere. Fair. So I think that Kennedy stays. And he's not a bad option. <clears throat> he's not a bad option. He's so I think him. he stays. Fair. Well, I think that pretty much... And uh, Nader Ronan. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, he hasn't no. done anything for me. Um, he seems like a chaplain guy. Small and dainty. Runs himself into cul-de-sacs. Um, uh, yeah. I think there is potential there, but not enough. No, not enough for a League One club looking to go up. No. I think he's just too weak and uh, blinkered vision. Yeah, I get that. Completely agree with that. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure and to be give back. Us your expert opinion. I'm sure we'll have you back pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sandwiched in between the likes of Campbell and Eisner, and then say Eisner again. Yeah. And yeah. Then- <laughs> What's, what's your problem? I th- <laughs> I'm in such company. You know more Although, about football than Campbell or Eisner, I reckon. Well, you certainly you know, know about more, I, more about League One Pompey than, than Campbell does at Yes, uh, yes. I'm not going to blow my own trumpet like he did. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No comment. No. I know you're on the show, Sol, but come on, lad. It was very good of him to come on. Yes. That's what I will say. Uh, yeah. Oh, can you imagine if you turned him down from this? The press for this would have been enormous. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he's not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> no. Let's be honest. But, but yeah, it was a it was an interesting chat, wasn't it? Let's yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Brian.